if you are a guest, either in person or online, we welcome you, and we're so thankful that you made it a point to either be here in person or tune in online. And um, I am excited for this series. Everyone is different. Go ahead, take a look at the person next to you. Do they look exactly like you? Probably, probably not. Do they dress exactly like you? Probably not. I mean, everybody's different. I could try for the next 12 to 15 years of my life, and I won't have a beard like the Huey guys. It just won't happen. I'll have patches here and there. We like different foods, don't we? How many of you eat sushi? How many of you say, don't even talk about sushi. I'm not putting sushi in my mouth. Look at that. It's like 50-50. If you're watching online, jump in here. Give us some comments. We like, we like the interaction. But many of us cheer for different sports teams. How many of you cheer for the Kansas City Chiefs? How many of you cheer for a football team other than the Kansas City Chiefs? So there you go. How many of you are cheering for a Packers Chiefs Super Bowl? I was actually surprised at how many of you were. I, was, I thought I might be alone up here. Some prefer firm mattresses and other pillow top mattresses, maybe something in between. If you are the firm mattress person, raise your hand. I know this is getting personal, but we're having fun. How many of you like the pillow top and you like to sink into your mattress? All right. How many of you are somewhere in between the two? Look at that. It's like, 30, it's like 33%. Boom, boom, boom. Just down the middle there. How many of you, if you had a choice of a luxury vehicle or a pickup truck, how many of you taking the luxury vehicle? How many of you taking the pickup truck? I'm telling you, this is like so, this is proving my point better than I even thought it was going to. Like, are you looking around? You're probably not. But this is like 50-50. Some, well now we're in Ford country. How many of you, Ford or Chevy? If you're Ford, raise your hand. Chevy, raise your hand. Ooh-wee. All right. Now, don't raise your hand on this one because it's a little too tense, okay? Some have received a COVID vaccine and others have not. But, but don't raise your hand because I could ask how many of you have gotten vaccinated for chicken pox or measles, and we're fine talking about, but this one we don't want to touch. We're different. Some like to dress up and others like relaxing in pajamas. Some would wear your pajamas to sing on the praise team if we allowed it. Some, we've never done the official poll. Oh, should we do it? If you are an Apple fan... Raise your hand if you're Apple. Raise your hand if you're Android. Some like steaks rare. Others like it well done. 
How many of you like burnt offerings for your steak? You know, the Bible says the life is in the blood. I might be taking that out of context. But when we look around, we see physical differences. Today, there are black people, white people, Hispanic, Native American. There's, there's all kinds. There are tall, average height, shorter people. There are men, women, and children. Some have doctorates. Others have master's degrees, college degrees. Others have graduated high school. Others have never finished or in, are still in the process of finishing. It's amazing how God calls us all to be one church in the body of Christ. And if you can't somehow just accept that someone's different than you and has a different opinion, you're in on something like you don't see. You're not going to function long. Like... People make different choices for their families and for themselves. And as long as it's not going against the word of God, Paul talks about personal Christian liberties. And so we need to respect that too. But it's amazing how we're all different. But then there are certain things God calls us to be one body. We're baptized into one Lord, one faith, one baptism. And, and we're a part of this beautiful body of Christ. But then there are things that are the exact same for all of us. Really, what's that? There are things that no matter who you are, what team you cheer for, what you look like, how much money you have, or your level of education, the result is the same for every single person. For instance, if I get in my pickup truck, which I'll drive the luxury vehicle or the pickup truck, it don't matter to me, but I do like the pickup. And if I jumped in my pickup truck and I jumped on the highway and took 35 to I-70 East and I stayed on I-70 East for about three hours or so, guess where I end up every single time? <laughs> I don't jump on I-70 East and sometimes I end up in Idaho. I don't jump on I-70 East for three hours and sometimes I end up in Wisconsin. If I jump on I-70 East every single time, I will end up in St. Louis. And I will end up there. I, I've, I've probably made the trip now like a hundred times. I'm going again tomorrow for a meeting. I can almost drive it with my eyes closed, but I don't dare try because I don't have a Tesla. But probably, I feel like I've been at all the gas stations along I-70. Like, if I'm driving, I'd be like, nope, nope, that bathroom stinks. They have good snacks there. Like, I, I'm, I'm, I'm at that point now. And guess what? If you drive your Mercedes, your Hummer, your motorcycle, your Ford, your Chevy, your Toyota, your Honda, cue the jokes about which ones won't make it there. But if you drove that and jumped on I-70s for three to four hours, Every single time, no matter what you look like, you're going to end up in St. Louis. Because your destination is determined by your path. And I'm so thankful to be doing this series right at the beginning of a new year. Because if we take it all in, we really can change the course of more than just our year. But if for some reason you can get this and do something with it, you can literally change the rest of your life. 
So over these next few weeks, we're going to talk about the principle of the path. And we're taking a break in the middle. My wife's going to get up and talk about like my fast and some things we're doing spiritually and how to launch the year at the church. But today, tonight, and guess what that is? You have any clue what that is? Good guess. The principle of the path. Jesus, we love you. And God, we're just so thankful, Lord, to be in this place on this night looking at this topic. Lord, I just pray that you'd help me to just be powerfully anointed so that you can speak through me and I'm your vessel, but let every heart, mind, ear receive what it is that you want us to receive. So then we can make even difficult decisions and changes where necessary to be the people you want us to be, Lord, and that is going to entail us walking on the right path. So help us in Jesus' name. Amen. So driving down the path of I-70 East leads to the same place every time. But do you know, this principle also applies to other aspects of our lives, too. There are certain principles of the path that work the exact same regard with relationships, with finances, with physical health or academics. And I would say the same with parenting, dating, marriage, emotions. Just as there are physical paths that lead to predictable physical locations, there are other kinds of paths that are equally predictable. There have been times in pastoring where I meet with a person, an individual, a couple, and I'll tell my wife when I get done with that meeting or if she's sitting in the meeting with me, sometimes I hope I'm right about something. Sometimes I hope I'm wrong about something. And it's not because I'm psychic. It's not even because I was walking in the gifts of the fruit of the spirit, the gifts of the spirit. God spoke to me. Very often, it's just simply common sense. That's all it is. And so common sense, because I see and hear what someone's saying about their life or in their choices and their challenges. And I'm listening and I'm going, yeah, but, uh, yeah, but have you, uh, and I'm seeing things that they're so stuck on the path that they're going, I'm going, not a good path. And if I get up here today, I, I don't have to try to convince you that our cer- there are certain health destinations in our future depending on what we eat. Laura, Matt, they just did a small group last quarter about foods and eating in our temple. And, and I, I, I didn't go, I apologize, but I heard about it. And so chances are not every person who ever went to a session of their group all doing exactly what they talked about. (laughs) Because I know that every Sunday I preach, not everybody does exactly what I talked about. Now, we may not care, we may not change, but not many would argue. There's not a lot of people that says, no, I disagree with you. What I eat does not dictate anything in my life. No, I can eat anything I want. I can drink anything I want, as much as I want, and it will not change anything about me physically. Nobody's really that stupid. But we will say, well, I don't care. I can give enough soda. Yeah, but eating at nighttime is bad for you. I know, but it brings me great joy. (laughs) But you're going to be unhealthy. 
yeah, we're all going to die sometime. You know what I mean? Like, that's kind of people's mentality, you know, that people don't really argue that. And so what if there is a single unifying principle that governs what happens, not only on the highway, but in every way of life? I believe that there is, and, and it's what we're calling and what Andy Stanley in his book calls the principle of the path. I highly suggest the book. I'm, I'm using it kind of as a skeleton, so I don't want you to think like, oh, you're stealing his words. No, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not plagiarizing his words. I'm telling you I'm using his words, so you can just know. Um, but David writes, Psalm 1611, he says, Thou wilt show me the path of life. In thy presence is fullness of joy. At the right hand there are pleasures forevermore. David emphasized the path, not even the paths, plural. He says the path. Because there are certain end results that will naturally occur when we walk on the right path. It explains this, and we're going to look at this more in this series, and so this is why scripture talks several times about focusing on the path. The principle of the path explains why many people's dreams never come true. It explains why intelligent people with admirable goals and ambitions, no doubt all of us, right? We have intelligent people, admirable goals and ambitions, but some will never end up where they intended to end up Financially, educationally, emotionally, and even spiritually. Why? It explains the principle of the path. Explains this because why certain people who have everything end up with nothing. Anyone grow up on or around a farm? Or you currently are on a farm? Raise your hand if you grew up on or around a farm. Okay. The church I went to growing up was in the middle of a farm, but I never worked there, so I don't know much about it. But if you grew up in church, you've probably heard the principle of sowing and reaping. If you've been around church at any you have heard a message on sowing and reaping. It's a popular message. It's the principle of the harvest. If you sow apple seeds, guess what you get? It's amazing. I, 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 well, I put the apple seeds in the ground, and I don't know why. I got watermelon. It's crazy. But yet we do this in life, like, well, I expected to get through high school with flying colors, but I didn't study. Okay? I wanted to get a good, wholesome marriage, and I just never thought the spouse I met her in the club. You see what I'm saying here? Like, well, you probably want to look at this. If I sow watermelon seeds, I get watermelon. Nothing earth-shattering here. The cause and effect relationship is a place. It's in place whether we realize it or not. So this principle doesn't just apply to agriculture. It applies to friendships and marriage and finances. What you put into something impacts what you get out of it. This church just, I don't really get anything out of it. Well, what do you put into it? I mean... Is you're going to take ownership in what you invest in. Galatians 6, he says, be not deceived. God is not mocked. Whatsoever man soweth, and that's gender neutral there. That's, that's generic man or woman. You can use that. It says that he shall, or shall he also reap. For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the spirit shall of the spirit reap life everlasting. Let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. There is a certain principle of 
when I keep inviting people to Bible studies and ministering and investing in children and, and talking and doing the things that I do, you're sowing seed into a harvest. Like we talked about a couple Sundays ago, this is the year of Jubilee. This is the 50th year of existence for this church. There's been 49 full years of sowing into the land and watering it. God has and will continue to bless with an abundant harvest. It's just a principle. Unfortunately, in pastoring, I have heard many people say how they wish they could go back and do it all over again. You ever look back on something that has happened in your life at some point and go, yeah, I wish I could have done that one over again. But we can't. I wish I could have married differently or dated differently and spent differently, parented differently, just lived differently, but we can't go back. Anyone here ever hear, you ever hear this saying, experience is the best teacher? Has anyone, has anyone ever heard this before in your life? Okay, I've heard it, I've probably used it, and I've probably believed it at times, but I start to think about that, and that's probably only half the truth, because experience is a teacher, <laughs> no doubt. But I wouldn't say it's the best teacher. Experience is very often a brutal teacher. Not just, oh, you'll learn, <laughs> but it's Brutal. Experience eats up your most valuable commodity. You know what that is? Time. Time. Learning and experience can take up years and years and years. It can steal an entire stage of life. Experience can leave scars, inescapable memories, and regret. Sure, we will all live and learn, but living and learning doesn't erase regret. How many of you have ever seen the old movie, Confession Time? That's fine. Seen the old movie, The Wizard of Oz? I think, hang on, raise your hand again. I, there's only just a couple people that have never seen this. So the next quarter, James, you've got to do a small group on The Wizard of Oz group. As many of you probably know, I'll give you a quick synopsis for those two or three that haven't seen it. Uh, the plot of the classic film revolves around a girl named Dorothy. She, there's a tornado, her and her little burp, 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 dog Toto. <laughs> Man, talk about differences in the church. How many of you like big dogs and little dogs? See, like, I don't want a dog I can accidentally step on, you know, like, but it's just my personal preference. So it says, she's, she's trying to get home. She's saying, there's no place like home. There's no place like well, guess what? That's true. The older you get and the longer you go in life, there really is no place like home. The good witch of the East informs Dorothy that her only option to get home is to seek assistance from the great and powerful Oz. Unfortunately, that requires a trip to Emerald City. Upon discovering this bit of news, Dorothy asks the good witch, but how do I start for Emerald City? This is such an intriguing question because people often ask where they are supposed to start when they're in one place and they're dreaming about getting to another place. They say, where do I start? You remember what the good witch says? Let's take a look. Let's take a look. I'm afraid you've made rather a bad enemy of the wicked witch of the West. The sooner you get out of ours altogether, the safer you sleep, my dear. 
Well, I'd give anything to get out of Oz altogether. But which is the way back to Kansas? I can't go the way I came. No, that's true. The only person who might know would be the great and wonderful Wizard of Oz himself. Wizard of Oz? Is he good or is he wicked? Oh, very good, but very mysterious. He lives in the Emerald City, and that's a long journey from here. Did you bring your broomstick with you? No, I'm afraid I didn't. Well, then, you'll have to walk. The Munchkins will see you safely to the border of Munchkinland. And remember, never let those ruby slippers off your feet for a moment, or you will be at the mercy of the Wicked Witch of the West. But how do I start for Emerald City? It's always best to start at the beginning, and all you do is follow the yellow brick road. Just follow the yellow brick road. My, people come and go so quickly here. <laughs> follow the yellow brick road. Brick Road? Follow the yellow brick road. 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 Follow, 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 the yellow brick road. Pastor Dorothy was preaching there. Anything stick out to you that you could preach a message on? How about, there's a couple things. How about one of them being, I can't go back from where I came from. When you're getting to where you are now and where you want to where you want to go in the future, you ain't going to get there by going back to where you came from. And the second thing she says was, uh, what was the other thing that was really good? I didn't have it in my notes. Oh, she said, people will come and go. When you're trying to walk the principle of the path and try and get from where you are to where your God's calling you to be, I would love to say that every human being here is going to be there every step of the way. You're going to have some, but not everybody's going to be on every step of the path with you. Because God will. But people will come and go. But that cannot change your path. And then that last thing that she did, she says, it's always best to start at the beginning. And all you do is follow the yellow brick road. Just follow the yellow brick road. 
And it turns out she was right. Finding Emerald City was simply a matter of following the yellow brick road. Granted, Dorothy and her pals encountered a few obstacles along the way, but she never got completely lost and off path. She just kept following the path. Eventually, she found herself in the wonderful land of Oz. Was it because there was something special about her companions? No, even though they were pretty awesome. She travels with a scarecrow that needs a brain, a lion that needs a heart, and no, no, the tin man that needs a heart, and the lion that needs courage. If you've never seen this movie, you're like, what is the purpose of this movie? <laughs> but it's because she followed the yellow brick road. She stayed on the path. Wouldn't it be great if there were a yellow brick road that led to wherever you need to go in life? All right, I need a new job. Okay, where is it? Lord, I want to get married. Hi, this led me to you. That's a great pickup line, isn't it? You just pull up next to somebody. Are you a magician? Huh? Because when I look at you, everything else disappears. No? No? Oh, all right. Imagine a yellow brick road that would lead to a marriage that you want to come home to every single day. Instead of one where you're yelling at your spouse that they don't have courage, a heart, or a brain. <laughs> what about a yellow brick road that led to financial security? Or a yellow brick road that led to better health? Imagine a yellow brick road that would lead you back into a relationship with somebody that you never thought you'd be back in a relationship with. Maybe your mom, your dad, your son, your best friend, your daughter. Well, if there was a road that led out of the valley of, of guilt and shame and, or even depression... If this was the case, you would stop looking for solutions to problems. Instead, you would start looking for the right path. You wouldn't look for the, the solution to the problem. You would just say, I got to get on the right path. Recognizing the distinction between a solution and the path is the first principle in understanding the principle of the path. Think about it. How absurd would it be for someone who was lost miles away from home to say, Hey, can you help me? I need a solution. Or if that lost person approached you and said, I need you to fix my problem. It wouldn't make any sense because when someone's lost, they don't need a solution. That person needs direction. There's no fix to being lost. To get from where we don't want to be to where we do want to be requires two things. Time and change of direction. From I'm here and I don't want to be here. Fix it. No, then you have to take time, change that direction, and get on a different path. There's no quick fix. And sometimes I think people come to church Hoping for a quick fix. Well, Jesus, fix me. I'm, I got myself in a jam. Fix me. Fix my marriage. Fix my finances. Fix my health. Fix me. But he says, repent. The, the, the very word repent means a change of direction. You see, cars that have problems can be fixed. Y'all call Noah all the time. 
Computers have problems that can be fixed. You can call Rich. Lawnmowers have problems that can be fixed. You can call Arthur. But generally speaking, people have directions that need to be changed. Many people want to discuss their problems. But honestly, they don't really have problems. What did he just say? They've chosen to live in the wrong direction. They don't need a solution. They need new direction. As you evaluate where you are relationally, professionally, financially, or even spiritually, isn't it true? Now, we got to get honest with ourselves. If we're going to go on the right path, like we have to stop right now. Some of you are like already offended. Like you just say, I, I do have problems. Like don't tell me, blame me. Just take a deep breath. We're all in this together. But isn't it true that if you look back, you will see a pattern in your behavior? Think specifically about your finances for a moment. Oh, my goodness, I'm going to go there. Might as well hit the COVID vaccine next. <laughs> Talk about finances. Woo, we just grabbed the bull by the horn. Isn't it true that you followed a specific path financially that has currently created your financial reality? Some of you are happy with where you are. Some of you are like, Ugh, whatever. You have built the house you're living in. I'm sure there are things that have happened beyond your control. That everybody has that. But I'm equally sure that there is a long sequence of financial decisions that you've made that explains where you are right now financially. In essence, you followed a financial path, one that if followed by others, would also bring a similar situation. Maybe that's a good path and led you to a good destination. Maybe you've chosen a, a path that has led to frustration. But either way, you have followed a path. Like most people, you saw your financial decisions as just that. Decisions. They were viewed as individual, disconnected events, but they really weren't at all. Each was actually a step in a direction. Kind of like if we go on a date or someone chooses to sleep with someone. Well, it's just a decision. It's everything that I've done is taking a, a, path, a step down a path. And so speaking about finances specifically, marketing campaigns exist all over. Get rich quick. Lose 10 pounds in 10 days. Find the love of your life today. We will, buy, we will buy your house or car today, no matter what condition. Do we not see these things? Why? Because who doesn't? If we feel like we're slightly overweight, I want to lose 10 pounds in 10 days. Let's get this thing done. My car's a junker. You'll give me money for it right now? Take it. Right? I mean, like, that's, that's get rich quick. Who doesn't want that? Where do I sign up? Sounds good. That's our mentality. God, fix me, please, quick. And so these things succeed to this day, all these years. These things still succeed. There's signs all over busy streets because people are still calling. Some of you are like, who still does that? Somebody's doing it.
But guess what? This is the path to least resistance, and we like that. But that path leads somewhere. It usually leads to the end result of someone saying they wish they had taken a different path. The beauty today is what we look at in this series is no matter where you are, you can change direction. No matter where you are, you can change direction. And so you don't have to keep heading blindly down the same path. But here's the thing, changing direction. You're like, well, yeah, I've been living this way for a while. I've been eating this way for a while, dating this way for a while, spending money this way for a while. I don't know. Yeah, I should have just changed. Let's, let's, let's go ahead and change. It's not that easy, is it? I'm not used to exercising. Now I'm trying to exercise. I'm not used, used to eating healthy. Now I'm trying to eat healthy. I'm not used to dating godly people. And I'm used to finding them in different places. And it was a lot easier to find them out there. And man, this is, uh, you know, it's, it, it's, it's, it, it can be changing direction. It can be challenging. But it's worth it. I try not to talk about personal things very much, in the whole, but, but sometimes I feel like it brings it to life. And so I've, I've shared this with many of you. But for those of you that didn't hear it, I'll, I'll tell you, my wife and I got married and immediately, immediately started making terrible financial decisions. Like her dad was like, you want me to pay for the wedding or to put you ahead financially? Like, we're going to have a big wedding we want four different buffet tables. We had like three, four hundred people at our wedding. It was crazy. Like, we paid for all of them to eat. <laughs> well, she, well, my father-in-law did. <laughs> Who's counting though, right? We put all our, we put, we put stuff on credit cards. I was loyal. Like, I still think, I still look back, and uh, uh, what's the name of that bank over there that I always say they gave me my car loan over by Chick-fil-A? What's the name of that bank? Oh, I can't remember. They gave me my first car loan, and I'm like, that's cool. That's the place that gave me my first car loan. That was my first credit card. When they're just like, there's a young moron, get him to sign up. Or like, I got a credit card. We put, we put stuff on credit cards. We purchased a brand new car. Why? Because it was 0% financing. They got me. I was like, yeah, honey, but this doesn't make, make sense. We won't give them any money. We're very smart. We're intelligent consumers. We rented a home 50 minutes from our jobs because it was six seventy five a month instead of one 30 minutes closer that was seven fifteen a month. Because I ain't going to pay an extra 40 bucks a month. <laughs> I really shouldn't tell you these things. <laughs> but bless God, I was, my check to the rent was smaller. The weird part is, is like a year later, we moved into that apartment once we were like, wait a second. <laughs> Immediately, we started feeling financial stress. We started having occasional money arguments that plagued so many newlyweds and probably so many people that have been married for a long time. My mother-in-law, bless her heart, bought us a book by Dave Ramsey called Total Money Makeover. 
my wife read it and loved it. So she really, really was passionate about me reading it. And then I wasn't passionate. <laughs> so finally, I read it out of an argument. I was like, fine, will you shut up if I read this book? I wish I was kidding. <laughs> So I read it and was like, this guy knows what he's talking about. This makes sense. And I'll never forget when we sat down at our old HP computers before I was delivered home with Apostolic. <laughs> we were at this old HP computer. I can still see it. It was my dad's old computer. We opened it up, and we decided we were going to start the Excel spreadsheet. She downloaded a template. We started putting it on. See, back, Michael, back then, I still couldn't make Excel spreadsheets. Templates and... Uh, we started putting our budget in. And when you first sit down, it's really like a mountain. To, to try to get you and your spouse on the same page, to sit down at a computer and do this, it's very tedious. Some of you are like, I know I've been trying to get my spouse to do it. And others of you are like, great. Now we're going to have this conversation on the way home. And I was the guy that was like, great, we're going to have this conversation. And so we sit down and start putting it in, and we're like, well, what about this? Well, see, we're doing fine. Oh, uh, yeah, but we have a car payment. Remember, 0%? Oh, yeah, but we don't pay interest. Yeah, but we still have a payment. Oh, yeah, that's right. So put that in there, and insurance, and cell phone, and, and rent, and utilities, and, and oh, okay. Let's see, we're doing all right. Oh, we still have to get groceries. Oh, yeah. Um, so groceries, yeah, well, I think we're still doing all right then. Yeah, but do you ever want to go out to eat? Oh, yeah, so we need money to go out to eat. And so we just started putting things in, and we thought we were good, and then we forgot one more thing, and we put that in. And there was like $4 left over. And I was like, it hit me. And I was like, Jackie, you don't even know me. She's like, well, I'm trying to tell you. <laughs> she said it nicer, I'm sure. And I was like, we, we've got to change something. Like if we stay, I'll never forget this. If we stay on this same path. We will be in debt the rest of our lives. We will never have financial freedom. We will never change the course of our path if we don't make a change right now. You know, sometimes you look at these people with big houses and nice cars and stuff. They're just more in debt than everybody else. And I'm not saying there's nothing wrong with big houses and nice cars. I'm not, I'm, but we just don't want to be drowning in debt to get those things. And so I'll never forget when I said to her, I said, we have to change something. We have to do something. And that brand new car, I'll never forget. When we listed it, we listed it high, more than it was worth. Maybe somebody will come, will come buy it. Nobody was listening. Nobody wanted to buy a five-speed Saturn. It was black. It was cool Saturn. Saturn ion. <sighs> and, uh, Finally had a lady make us an offer. We had to meet her at the bank with $6,000 cash to sell her our car. Now, I know some of you would say, that's a thing. She would never done that. But I knew if we didn't do that at that moment, it was now or never. The path, either we're changing paths or we're going to keep going like we had to make a change. We sold that and bought a $2,800 Ford Explorer 
that we drove here. We, we came here in a red Ford Explorer. Some of you that were here, you remember that car. We drove in with that car. And then that timing belt both broke, and we, we drove an old church van for a little while until we could buy another decent car. But then we would go and bi-weekly, and I'm sorry to take so much time, but I want you to see this. So bi-weekly, we had $100. That includes groceries, toiletries, everything. We'd go to Walmart with $100 cash for two weeks. And I remember just one time we had it, and we were adding the calculator as we walked up and down the aisles. My dad would make fun of me for this. And I'm like, we got either we're changing paths right now. And I'll never forget one time I took a package of Oreos and I put them back on the shelf. I didn't walk them back to the cookie aisle. I feel bad for that. But just set them, just set them on the shelf. And I said, we're over $100, so I'll do without my cookies. It's just, a, it's, just a, it's just some Oreo cookies, man. Just grab the cookies. It's not that big of a deal. But I knew if I started saying, well, I can do the cookies. And we can do that. We can learn how to eat. We can just put on a credit card. I knew it was going to change the path. So we were committed to the path. And it was life-changing. But not because it magically changed everything overnight. It's not like I did that and the next day I found a lottery ticket. Woo! Financial freedom. Which some people do that too and that's another story. But it changed our lives because we changed our lives. Now that is not discrediting God's blessing. But God doesn't change people if they're unwilling to change their own behavior patterns. My wife and I realized that if we didn't make those changes, we, were, we knew we had to make the changes and we did that. The point is, is we were heading down one path that most certainly was financial stress, debt, marital arguments over money. But when we made the difficult decision to change directions, our lives did not change overnight, but it changed our direction and our path. And today, we are 100% debt free. Able to give to multiple stewardship campaigns and not go, I'm going to give it and just, I don't know where it's going to come from. But we have now been set up to be a blessing to the kingdom of God because of sacrifices we made earlier in life. Sure, my wife's business has grown and contributed to reaching our financial goals, but that business would have never been launched had we not changed the, the direction of our path years and years prior to that. I am not standing here tonight to brag about us or ourselves or point to or give ourselves pats on the back. I am saying that this is a testimony of what I'm talking about, about changing the path, and it will change your life, but it's not easy. When I got serious about God as a 17-year-old, I did not, I was not with some knucklehead 17-year-old, and then all of a sudden I woke up and I was like, oh man, I just started preaching conferences. And uh, uh, no, it was, I remember sitting in the back of that church on that choir tour, and I got serious about God, and I remember sitting there back there, and I said, God, I have got to change my direction. I've got to change my direction. And things did not change overnight, but as a 17-year-old, I started down a path that led me to a Wednesday night in January of 2022, able to serve as your pastor and that started as a decision in the back of a church as a 17-year-old that I was going to change my path. And so looking ahead, we're often deceived into thinking that life is a series of unrelated decisions. 
somehow we will end up where we want to be simply by force or will or luck. I came in, I started serving God, hopefully things change. I'm drowning in debt and hopefully someday I'll get a good job. I'm parenting my children, I don't discipline them, I let them run wild and hopefully they'll turn out to be good adults. We've, at some point we go, where am I now and how do I change the path? Where is this path heading? Some will look at people experiencing financial freedom and make comments like, well, yeah, must be nice, easy for them. You got to understand, oh, that was a lucky break for them. <laughs> that was more than a lucky break. Just remember, these people had a starting point. Even myself, I'm not rich, but I put back Oreos at Walmart. Okay? There was a change in the path. Remember this saying as I close. Direction, not intention, determines our destination. I think everybody here has good, good intentions. Spiritually, emotionally, financially, relationally, maritally, parenting. I, I think we all have good intentions. But intention does not determine destination. Direction does. And so we have to look at our direction. And each decision is not just a random decision. It's putting us further onto a path. The direction you're currently traveling, relationship, finances, spiritual, it's going to determine where you end up in each of those respective arenas. This is true regardless of your goals, your dreams, your wishes, your wants. The principle of the path trumps all those things. Your current direction will determine your destination. Simply put, you and I will win or lose in life based on the paths that we choose. And so as you stand to your feet, in the opening night of this series, I think the first thing we need to do is just find a place to pray. Because if you think like, well, I'm just going to change, your, your location is not going to change between tonight and tomorrow. But if we can tonight begin to come up to an altar and go, God, if I just keep doing what I'm doing right now, where does that take me? For some, you might be like, That's, it's, it's, it's working. It's taking you right to where you want to be. Great. For others, you might be like, yeah, I'm looking at my kids, my parenting, Lord. Uh, I'm looking at my finances, our financial decisions, what we're doing. Uh, I'm looking at spiritually my prayer life, my walk with God, my fasting, my Bible reading, mm, my health, my eating, my exercising. Uh, like, whatever it is. The beauty here is you can change direction. I don't care if you're here, you're 10, 20, 30, 40, 90, 80, whatever. You can change direction. Certainly, the longer you go in life, it, it can be, we get stuck in our ways. If you've ate toast with butter for 50 years, it might be tough to change eating toast with butter. But you can do it. And so we have got to find the place to where we go, God, where am I right here? What happens if I keep going on this path? And where will it lead me? Because at the end of the day, will it lead me to a different street of gold?
to a different path of gold. Because that is where I'm ultimately wanting to get to. And if I'm just closing my eyes and going, I hope I get there. I hope you do too. But we have to be intentional. Direction, not intention, determines destination. I'm not going to tell you where your path is and where you're headed. You need to, you need to talk to God about that. So I'm going to talk to him about my path, my direction. Why don't you find a place and begin to talk about yours?